0: You are listening to the End Time Podcast. We live in a time when there has been so much truth and so much deceit heralded as the Word of God. A time when the word prophet can stir so many controversial thoughts, heated conversations, and conflicted feelings. But Holy Scripture says to believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. This special series of episodes. Is a discussion around these thoughts and
1: feelings what makes a true prophet and do they still exist it is possible to tell the difference between the truth and the false
2: what is the characteristics of a true prophet and his prophecies thank you for joining us we hope you enjoy this episode
0: We want to begin today with a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In verse 33 would write, "For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints." And he says, "What came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. God is not the author of confusion. And there's been a lot of confusion, especially when it comes to prophets. But really, if, if any man think himself to be a prophet... And there's been a lot of people in history that have thought themselves to be prophets, that have declared themselves to be prophets, that have advertised themselves as prophets. Or it says, or if he even thinks himself to be spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write, Paul, the things that Paul's writing, all of the epistles and letters of Paul, he's let them acknowledge that they are the commandments of the Lord. Not just that they're nice words or not just that they're commentary, but that they come from God. These are not just the words of Paul. These are the words of God through a man. And he begins to say it in this way. If if there comes a prophet, if there comes another prophet, he will not break from the scripture. He will not deviate from what has already been spoken. He'll stay right with what we already know to be the absolute in the word of God. Because God's always had a plan. God's always had, he's always been in control. He's always working towards something. He always has a program. And he's never lost control. And all the way, if we go right back to the earlier days, kind of where we were talking in the last couple episodes in Prophets, and we go back into Moses, we begin to find God lay out the plan to his people, the children of Israel, it wasn't just a localized happening. God was looking God was always pointing towards something else. He was always working towards something greater. I want to even go back to what we some things that we touched on last the last couple episodes, if we go back into Exodus and set the stage for what was happening in Exodus chapter twenty.
3: So if you if we go to Exodus nineteen, this the scene here is The people have come out, they've left Egypt, they've come to worship God, and they're gathered at the mountain. So in Exodus 19, verse 8, and they're showing, they've seen God, they've seen the miracles, and now they say, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And now Moses, as the intermediary, he hears the people say it, he gives the words to God, he returns the words unto the Lord. And then the Lord says to Moses, Moses, I will come to you, in verse 9, in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe thee forever. And so, and Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. So here it's setting a stage where there was almost an intermediary between this holy and righteous God and and a people, and, and God's beginning to set a stage. So... You you can follow this through in 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 Exodus 19, and, and it's over a course of three days. But on the third day, in verse 16, there was thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud, and the voice that trumpets so loud, and the people trembled, and 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 it was it was a fearful thing to hear God speak, and there was set bounds around the mountain. So 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 this is really the preamble all of this to um, God writing his word in the hearts of his people and uh, in Exodus 20 is is where we see Moses go up into the mount and he comes back with the 10 commandments and and brings them to Israel and and now the people are hearing Moses and and again, thunderings and lightnings and the noise of a trumpet in verse 18 of chapter 20. And they say this to Moses, you speak to us, we will hear, but don't let God speak to us lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you that you that his fear may be before your faces, that you sin not. So, so this becomes a precedent. The people say may you speak on god's behalf moses may you be the one that gives the word to us because we can we can handle it through a human form but to hear the voice of god directly is a fearful thing
0: you could almost look at it as the people didn't want to hear god they wanted to hear a man which is true but we see that God is also in it setting up. As I said, God's never been out of control. Right. God is, is, is setting up for what's to come. Right. That he would not just use Moses, but there would be others to come after Moses. Right. And I would say this is also the hardest thing God's ever had to do, is to get one man to believe the word of another man. Right. And it, it's, it remains to this day where it's the hardest thing it's, God's ever had to try and get us to do is where he speaks to someone and that, that man would speak. And now it's up to the rest of us to either accept it or reject it. But now they've, because of the words of the children of Israel, they've set this up where they want just to speak they want just Moses to speak to them. God could speak to Moses. Moses will come and speak to them. And God continues to use this uh, arrangement. Right. Like his brother Ed said, like a medi- mediator between God and man. That there isn't that direct connection, but there's something in between there. And you can find it all down through the scripture where we could go into different examples. Because after Moses passed away, there was a Joshua and joshua became he always had that gift he was there with moses he was learning under moses but yet we find in joshua chapter one that god would tell joshua as i was with moses so will i be with you so it it just continues on the same way that god would speak to moses and then moses would speak to now God's saying the same way i was with moses I'll be with you. I'll speak to you and you can lead the children of Israel. And just chapters later you find what's happening is is, is Joshua's out there. He's looking at Jericho. They've crossed over the Jordan River and now they're they're ready to conquer the land. And Joshua, a, the greatest general, is looking at a city going, "How am I going to take it?" And what he goes out to pray. He goes out to find the mind of God. And an angel comes to him and says, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. And he tells him exactly how to take it.
3: And, and, and it, it's incumbent upon the people to recognize, okay, this is who God has chosen. This is who God has identified with. This is God's voice. This is the, the vessel through which God is, is speaking. And uh, and and uh, it's... It, 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 it takes more than a natural recognition. It takes a spiritual recognition that, that this, is, this is the way God is speaking to us. And Israel under Moses could, could recognize that. They could see that. But uh, at different stages, different junctions, there's different prophets. There's Samuel and, 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 and there's Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and, and different ones through the, the Old Testament. But God would identify himself in those men and speak to them, and, and it was important to recognize that it was God speaking through them.
2: One thing that you think about what it was like. You mentioned the truth that the hardest thing that God could do is allow us to trust another man, or to get us to trust another man. And the thing about that is, is you think about Aaron and Miriam. They knew Moses. That was their blood brother. They knew him. They knew his ups, his downs one time they criticized him for who they married it was like a bit of a family dispute and 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 the the people that would be closest to the man that would be called of God you'd see the humanity of it and you say, well how is that a prophet but when God comes he became a microphone for what God was saying and, and what he was saying was the Word of God uh, Jesus would say that no prophet is accepted in his own country, those that were close to him. So even the people that walked with Moses, the people that walked with Samuel, the people that walked with Elijah, they would have seen that in, in Elijah's case, they would have seen a a fuzzy faced man in a loincloth and a leather loincloth coming out of the, you know, the wilderness to come in and then prophesy and then leave. And the humanity of it was so hard to accept. It was so hard to believe that it was so hard to, to say oh, that's the word of God to me and and to accept it in their day. It was easy throughout the Bible. I'm kind of jumping a little bit from story to story, but throughout the Bible, it was always easy to look back at a prophet. the, the, The Pharisees in Jesus' day easily look back and see Jeremiah or Isaiah or Ezekiel as prophets, but for them to see in their present day that human man, Jesus Christ, which was God in flesh, but he was in human flesh. To see him as a prophet and to see him as bringing the word for today was so hard. They could see the humanity of him. They could see, they could hear the rumors about how he was born. They could see all of these different things. It's so hard for God to get, you know, one man to trust another. History will bear that out. But we have to remember that if God comes and vindicates a prophet, he is bringing the word of the Lord. We want to accept and receive the word that God sends to us. You know, what, what could happen if God would send a prophet today? Would we know what to look for? Would we know what to receive? Would we accept it?
1: Just to back you up on that, Brother John, I was just looking at a scripture here in James. There's James chapter 5, verse 17 that says that Elias, who's talking about Elijah, says, was a man subject to like passion as we are. So there is the, the humanity part with every prophet that comes, but then he goes on to say that, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So you see the humanity part there, and you also see the part of you know a prophet that has been called and you know that speaks the word, and you see it manifested too.
3: So, so the one thing w- we can say is. God would have to work at identifying or vindicating a prophetic ministry. And um, Moses, who really was uh, one of the major prophets, was identified after he met God at a burning bush. He was identified by two signs. But God would take time to vindicate, to make that man, to show that I'm with that man. And he has the word of the Lord. So, so so that, that is definitely uh, a way of distinguishing the humanity from the voice of God. One, one of the ones that I, I found uh, to be one of the prophets and uh, how God would establish it and coming was, was Samuel. And um, Samuel by his, by his very birth, um, uh, from his mother Hannah who really prayed for um, a son from God and went through great pains and finally came to a place where she said, if I can have a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of my life. So you you can take that out of 1 Samuel 1 and and then in in chapter 2, you you can read how Samuel began to uh, be in the tabernacle And it was during that time, uh, he is um, with Eli, and he's hearing the voice of God for the first time. And uh, three times he comes to Eli and um, said, you called me. And he said, no, I didn't call you. And it was God speaking to him for the first time. And Eli would advise him, that's God speaking to you. And when God spoke to him, it, began to be the beginning of a prophet. And in in 1 Samuel 3, it would say in verse 18 that Samuel told him every wit and it hid nothing from him and said, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth good. It wasn't necessarily good for Eli because it was actually speaking against Eli's house, his sons. But the next verses, 19 and 20, are, are just showing God bringing a prophet, which is, Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and he did let none of his words fall to the ground. It says in verse 20, And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. So this was God identifying himself and, and making himself known to the people.
0: God definitely never left any doubt That he was a prophet Not to dwell on the negative But yet there were still Times in Samuel's life Where his word Was not obeyed You could think of Saul for example It cost Saul the kingdom When God spoke through Samuel And said go I've, I've given the Amalekites to you Slay everything Even the cattle, the sheep, everything And Saul went down, but he brought back the king, and he brought back the best of the sheep and the oxen, and he he had in his mind, I'm going to sacrifice to God, and Samuel met him. He said, why do I hear the lowing? Why do I hear animals coming? Why have you done this? Because the word of the Lord said, so even though he was so vindicated of God, to be a prophet that even from Dan to Beersheba, all of Israel would look at it and say, this is a prophet of God. The priesthood being Eli and his sons would look at it and say, this is God's prophet. And yet still there was individuals that could not. So I would say it's the hardest thing that God's ever had to do to get someone to believe another man's word. It's just like Elijah. Elijah had vindication. God vindicated him supernaturally that when he came and he said it won't rain three and a half years, or it won't rain until I call for it. And and it didn't. I would think at that time, after about, let's say, two years, there hasn't been a crop, there hasn't been a harvest, there's drought, things are starting to really dry up. And you would think people would start turning to God and crying out to God and seeking Elijah to say, what can we do? But still, even after three and a half years, he had to call it to a Mount Carmel showdown. He had to go up onto a mountain and say, we're going to know at this time, if God is God, then serve him. And if Baal be God, then serve him. People were still even though there was a prophet in the land that said it ain't going to rain till I call for it. No one went looking for him. It's not recorded in the Bible where someone went and seeking for Elijah saying, hey man, it's dry out here. Help us out. It had to come to a place where Elijah had to go and call them. Elijah had to go and get the king. Elijah had to tell him, you meet me up on the mountain. And they went up there and they have 400 prophets of Baal. Still, even though all this is going on, they still had excuses as to why it was the way it was and they still were worshiping Baal and they brought him to an altar and if you know the story it's found in first kings Elijah after all of the worship of Baal he would make an altar and God would consume the sacrifice God would consume the altar God would consume the water that he poured on it he would leave nothing there except a burnt piece of ground to even more vindicate, this is my prophet. And Elijah didn't pray a prayer of, Lord, this is me and I've done this. Lord, let it be known, I've done this at your command. And God rained fire down. And then after that, uh, Elijah actually went over and he he sat and he buried his head between his knees and he, he asked his servant, said, go look. And he said, what do you see? And he's he seen a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And he said, we better get off the mountain. <laughs> there's coming rain. God had so vindicated it and so proved it over and over. So it's amazing how down through the Old Testament, there's, God's always vindicated and given signs of his prophet. He's always made sure that he's properly shown the people who he's speaking through whether they accept it or reject it. And I, and I want to go back for a minute because, Brother Ed, you mentioned earlier about Exodus chapter 3, and you mentioned the two signs that were given to Moses because it's, it's very important in, in, in the life of Moses how that God vindicated him right from the start that he was with
3: him. And in, in Exodus 3, Moses' is attention has been um, brought to a burning bush and um, he comes to now. Now, just just capture where Moses was at. He had been in Egypt for forty years, raised in uh, Pharaoh's house. He was cast out. He he went into the wilderness for forty years, and now God is ready to use him. But he draws his attention uh, to a burning bush, and when Moses looks at this burning bush, and he. When he turned aside to see it, that's when God called to him. And he told him to take off his shoes. And, and God begins to tell him, I've seen the affliction of my people. And I know their sorrows. And, and, and in chapter 3, verse 80 says, now, notice the terminology. God says, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. So, so God is making this very personal. I'm going to come down. And and then he would he says, Now I'm I'm gonna send you before Pharaoh and you'll lead my people. And Moses, you know, would ask, Who am I? and how can I how can I lead them? And and what can I say and, and you know about who you are? And 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 God would tell Moses in verse 14, You shall say, I am that I am, and you shall say this to the children of Israel. And so with that. He, he sends Moses into, uh, unto his people. Moses' first complaint is that he's not well in speaking. He, he couldn't speak very well. And God says to him, so he asked him a question, what's in your hand? And it's a rod. And he said, cast it down to the ground, and it became a serpent. And when he picked it up again, it became a rod again. So this was the first sign the first vindication that God gave him, that, that he was with him. Now, that did something for Moses, but it was going to do something for the people. And then the second thing he did, he says, put your hand in your bosom. He put his hand in, and they took it out, and it was leprous, as white as snow. Now, this is in chapter 4 of Exodus. And then he said, put it back in, and it became flesh again. And God says this in verse 8. Of chapter four, and it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, then they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And and it shall come to pass, if they will not believe these signs, neither hearken to your voice, um, he, he would begin to tell them about the other things God would do there. But this this was the beginning of God establishing his prophet both for the prophet and for the people that he would speak to. That's
0: very important because God always vindicates his prophet first, and then he gives him a message to deliver to the people. Before Moses ever came with a great, the law, Moses was the lawgiver. Before he ever gave that, God vindicated him. And who he was, regardless of all of the humanity of Moses. He overcame all of the humanity by God showing himself to be with him. And then he gave him a message.
1: So we can we can say that a, a prophet um, is a special vessel ordained by God. And uh, we, we can say that... It, a prophet is an elected uh, vessel to to serve God. Uh, another 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 thought that comes to to me right now is this, uh, we can we're talking about the prophet. A prophet it's a a divine interpreter of the word of God. So when God speaks he will reveal it to, when God speaks to him or to the prophet, the prophet will reveal it to the people or will speak to the people the message that you're talking about, uh, uh, the message that God sends to his people, say in that way, uh, if he he, he can understand. But um, very often... We've been talking about in the Old Testament that we, you know, God is leading his people or guiding his people through a prophet. Every every time that God has a message to his people, he speaks to his prophet and the prophet speaks to his people. So, um, very often we we speak about the Old Testament prophet, but um, we never take the time in this time, in this generation, to search the scripture if there is a promise for a prophet for this day. And, uh, and I believe in the scripture there is a promise for a prophet for our day. There is prophecies that needs to be fulfilled in this day. There is mysteries that has to be revealed in this generation. And uh, um, if God spoke through his prophet back then, or in the beginning, I believe that God will speak through a prophet to this generation too. We read in the scripture that s- says in Hebrews t- thirteen eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that if if he he did it that way through a prophet in the beginning, we had a promise for this for this day that God will send a prophet.
0: Yeah. If. To bring that scripture out, Jesus Christ is same yesterday and forever, if God did that with Moses, that first he vindicated him, then he gave him a message, he'll always stay that same way. And that's exactly what we would have to look for today. Is there, if God ever sent a prophet, would we recognize it, Brother John asked? Would we know what to look for? So that's why we're looking back in the scripture to see what did God do he can't change his way. He'd do it exactly the same
3: way. Brother Tito, you, you brought up a good point. Um, and, uh, it, uh, scripture on, on Hebrews 13, eight, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It, it was the spirit of Christ that was in the prophets. And, um uh, that, that's identified in 1 Peter 11 because it would talk how, in verse 10 actually, of the salvation that the prophets have inquired and searched for. And it says, the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, it testified beforehand. So that was Christ that was in the prophets. So, so this is the pattern that Brother Andrew was referring to. This is... God working towards something. So it, it was, God had his intent to manifest himself in Christ, but he would start the pattern back in the Old Testament.
0: That's why Moses could speak so confidently in Deuteronomy 18. God will raise up a prophet like unto me. Because the same one that he would raise up in Jesus Christ was the same spirit that was speaking in Moses. And it was the same spirit in Elijah, in Elisha, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. I could literally just name the Old Testament books, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. All of these ones, it was the same spirit. Because it was all
3: the program of God coming to something. The, the pattern of the prophets in and, 2 and, and Peter... Um, Peter would, would speak further, saying, No prophecy of the scriptures of private interpretation. For prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Ghost, moved them, directed them, led them. God establishing a pattern starting in, in, in Moses and telling in Moses, in, in, as you said in Deuteronomy 18, that the Lord God would raise up this prophet and that everybody would need to hear this prophet. In verse 18, it said, like unto you, Moses, I will put my words in his mouth and he will speak unto him all that I command him. And, and here's the absolute, the authority of that prophet with God it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto his words that I speak in my name, I will require it of him. That, that is God's full confidence in, in a, a prophet's voice just speaking what he would speak. So, so it's a special built man, as you refer to, Brother Tito. I, I think we, we can see that more and more as we look at this.
2: God bless you. And thank you for listening to this episode. We're grateful for every time that you listen. You can find us on Instagram at endtimepodcast. You can send us an email at etpodcast at etmtab.com. And until next time, God bless you.